The entire market of Ann Arbor, at the beginning of October, there were 225 houses for sale. You know, that, that's the broad number, right? Now, that comes down from, in 2020, there were 414 houses for sale October 1st. If I go into 300 to 350, right now, there are only seven active listings. Six of them are under contract. Calling all highest and best offers. Welcome home, sports fans. This is the Highest and Best Podcast, your turnkey source for all things Ann Arbor real estate. Highest and Best is brought to you by the Balmer Group of Realtors in Ann Arbor and Keller Williams Ann Arbor, produced by PRP Studios. I am your host, Brent McDermott. Joining me today for a spooky edition of the Highest and Best from an undisclosed location in Burns Park, we have the Wizard of Washtenaw County, Mr. Martin Balma. Hello. Hello, Brent. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for coming. And we have the sorceress of sales for the Balma Group, Mary Jo Hahn. Mary Jo, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Before we get started to talk real estate, which I feel like we have a lot to cover today, a lot's been happening since last time we convened here, um, have to ask, what kind of candy are you passing out in a couple of weeks? Oh, we're known for giving the huge Hershey chocolate bars out. Oh, you, you still go full size? You still go full size. Oh, yes. Mary Jo, how about you? Uh, my favorite candy, gummies. Uh, so I buy candy that I know I'm going to eat afterwards. So mm, I love smart. it. Yeah, the gummy bears. I love those. Do you do the Haribo or which brand? No, no. I do a better brand that's softer. Uh, I think the Harpo, while they're popular, they're pretty hard. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Interesting. I don't enjoy those as much. Yeah, I, I go for volume. You know, living, um, living by Hazley Elementary, we have a ton of kids oh. that come by. And okay. I have a rowdy dog who's... He's 15, but still is just full of energy and, and full of barks when uh, strangers approach the door. So I, I, I do the cop-out thing where I just I fill the bowl with a hodgepodge of candy and, and let the kids kind of sort it out themselves. Isn't it gone in two seconds for greedy kids that come? That's a beginning? great I, I don't know because I, I mean, I, I just make myself scarce. You know, it's okay. either go somewhere else and then leave the candy out or... Uh, you know, go to the basement and, and hang out and, and, uh, and have the candy out. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I was curious about the full size thing, Martin, just because so, it seems like candy has gone up in price so much. I'm surprised so, you're able to still do it. Well, we, we brand it. Oh, um, okay. But, and as we have a reputation for it, and actually kids will come to the door, they'll walk away 30 feet, change the costume a little bit and try and come back to the door, see if they can get a second one. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a so lot these of fun. Are, these are future home buyers that you're yes. branding it to Martin, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Talk about a long game and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and farming, <laughs> you know, for, for marketing purposes. So, yeah. all right, well, let's get into it, guys. So um, we'll start with our first segment, the one thing where we each bring one observation to the table, one thing we're seeing out there in a lo local market. So, Mary Jo, we'll start with you. What are you seeing out there? You know, what I'm seeing out there is that buyers really want more updated properties. Given that the interest rate is rising, we're almost at eight, I'm recommending to my sellers to make sure that their homes are in full repair and any kind of updating that they can do inexpensively, I'm going to recommend. So for instance, I met with a seller the other day and one of the most inexpensive ways to update a property is new lighting and paint. And it makes such a difference. Um, and so that's been my recommendations because I feel that uh, only 30% of the people can really visualize what a property looks like. Uh, logic makes people think and emotion makes them act. So if we can create that illusion of what living there looks like, it's much more enticing to buyers. And quite frankly, at these interest rates, buyers don't have the money to invest in the updates. So 
this is helping them along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel really lucky we have two listing agents with us today that do a ton, ton of business in Ann Arbor and Washington County. I was looking through our tracker. I think listings taken for the year 52. So, you know, quite a, quite a big sample size for the year. You know, Martin, anything to add? Um, I think the big trend that I'm seeing right now, because the inventory is historically low right now, right? I mean, for the year, it's down 30%. Um, and we're talking to a lot of buyers who put off moving this year, but they're now calling in and we're going on lots of appointments, but they're all talking about putting their homes on the market in the spring. So I think, uh, you know, people always say, Mark, what do you think is going to happen? I do think we're going to have a lot of inventory in the spring because we're talking to a lot of people that plan mm -hmm. on doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys know I'm, I'm a big history guy and I think of it, you know, based on what you were saying, Mary Jo, it's almost like when, you know, we talk about World War II and this, I promise there's a through line here, but <laughs> fighting a two front war. Yeah. Where yeah. if you're on the buy side, which is where I, I, you know, I, I make my bones, buyers have a hard time to your point that, you know, conceptualizing not only mm -hmm. what is the place going to look like, but because interest rates are so high and especially for first timers, they're putting all their capital into that down payment and closing costs. So for them to think, man, to try and offset some of this interest that I'm going to accrue, going to maximize my, my down payment to avoid you know, that interest and then having to reinvest in some superficial things. Yes. Um, along with whatever the inspector is going to bring up that that's going to be essential just for the health of the home. Um, I think that's, I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. So practically speaking, you know, if you're someone thinking about selling and you're thinking about the light fixtures, the walls, you know, some of those things that are the low hanging fruit, so to speak, where, where do they, where do they go to find out what, what, what the best bet is? So a lot of the trends are in, you know, house, Pinterest, you can look and see what the, the current trend is. So I really do a lot of research into that. And then we go find the knockoff at homes, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. I, I almost feel like some of those things are almost like a time capsule sometimes. Yes. So yeah, I mean, the, the thing I always advise buyers when they're walking through and talking about changes they're going to make is maybe opt for something more timeless um, as opposed to the flavor of the month, but something you're still going to, going to enjoy. Um, excellent. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one thing that I wanted to, to bring to the table today is, you know, I guess the, the phrase micro markets. So I think that what we're seeing now is every single segment of the market we're looking at is telling a different story and maybe right. providing a different forecast. So it's sort of like, depending on where you live, the weather could be totally different. So depending Correct. on whether you're in, a high rise, whether you're in a single family home on the west side of Ann Arbor, whether you're in an income property, totally right. different as far as what you can expect on the sell and on the on the buy side. Right. Um, which is probably a nice a nice segue into segment number two, which is Martin's Market Minute. And uh, again, that is sponsored by our friends at Ann Arbor Running Company. And at Ann Arbor Running Company, they understand the importance of energy efficiency. So with fall here, runners and homeowners alike. They need to do everything they can to conserve their efficiency, especially when it comes to training for your next marathon or half marathon. That's why AARC carries Morton Energy Gels, which is in stock at all three of their locations. They know that October equals cider mills and long run season. So to get the most out of your long runs and get ready to fuel up on race day, you know what they say, you know, nothing new on, on race day going into uh, a big race. So, you know, why would you use a different energy gel for your last 20 mile run of the training cycle when you could be doing it, you know, each long run of the year, stop by ARC today and fuel up on Morton gel. And if you're looking to get them delivered, add them to your cart at Ann Arbor running company.com. 
and uh, get ready for a house call from owner Nick Stanko, who will drop them off probably on his bike, even in this cold weather. So, um, so Martin, you know, now it's time for you to fuel up our listeners with some market knowledge. So what's happening out there? Yep. Well, the big thing is inventory, right? Uh, inventory is, I've been doing this 38 years. This is the lowest it's ever been. In the entire market of Ann Arbor, at the beginning of October, there were 225 houses for sale. So that tells the, you know, that that's the broad number, right? Now that comes down from, in 2020, there were 414 houses for sale, October 1st. If I go into 300 to 350, which is below, with sort of a beginning um, uh, price point, if you can find a house even, right? Right now, there are only seven active listings. Six of them are under contract. And that compares to 35 in 2020. Now, if I look at the average sale price in Ann Arbor, which is like 540, right? Um, And there are 13 houses for sale right now in that price point. And the interesting thing is when you get over a million, there are 60 properties for sale. And that is up considerably from 37 back in uh, October 2020. And so as you can tell, you were talking about market niches, right? So when people talk about the average market, it's really important that you look at each little market segment. And we track every $50,000 price point in all the school districts in Washington County so we can really advise our sellers as to what's happening in that niche. What do you attribute that to? Um, attribute the... The million? Yeah. The million and Yeah, above? I mean, I mean, you're talking about, you know, clearly just, just the, the tale of, of two different markets or these, right. you know, micro markets. So... You know the million dollar inventory that is, is is there for the taking, right? You said sixty, um, you know, sixty plus 60 properties, plus properties versus. I mean, it sounds like you know we're down to the single digits consistently for anything under under um, you know five hundred and yeah. that starter home range. You know, it's a combination. The prices have just really escalated. Like there was an article in Cranes Magazine just what, two weeks ago, a week mm-hmm. and a half ago, how the number of houses I've sold over a million is quadruple what it was three years ago. Um, and what's happening right now, uh, we're noticing a lot of our high-end houses are just sitting. You know, we're not getting a lot of activity. If they're not priced correctly, uh, they're going to sit. And, and if they don't, and if they don't have the finishes that people are yeah. looking for, so in that price point, people are very, very particular. They want what they want. Yeah. And oh, that's very true. Because mm-hmm. if they can't, you know, if they can't, you know, the one thing with high-end properties, people will make it very specific to their tastes which then also makes it difficult, more difficult to sell because the people buying that have their specific taste, right? And so, um, but that, I think that's what's going on is that just the prices have gone up and a lot of people are pushing their prices. It's, it's really part of the story. And then we're hearing a lot of people are waiting to the spring. I think one of the beautiful things about our group is we have such a sample set with the buyer agents, such as yourself, who are out there every day showing properties and bringing this feedback to us about what your buyers are looking for. Yeah, it seems to me too that um, the 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 difference in what the overall cost would be for a typical buyer if they were just to build from scratch versus go out and and buy a place, those numbers are starting to get to look a lot more similar, um, you know, versus yeah. versus the past. And and it's not that necessarily new construction is becoming cheaper, but it's just the fact that again, to your point, Martin, I mean, I think that just uh, that uh, that price point is getting a lot a lot higher. I was I was reading recently that. Um, you know, in, in Ann Arbor, there in, over the last decade, there's been a 33% increase in overall, you know, across all different you know price points. And even in Chelsea, Celine, and Dexter, which were the three that this piece focused on that I read, it was a 39% increase. Yeah. So even higher percent increase just outside of Ann Arbor. And I mean, I think it comes down to the fact too, for the last 14 years in Michigan, and I think even in the nation, 
we haven't hit the threshold needed um, in terms of new build to right. um, to to keep things you know stable, which is I think another another thing that we're that we're seeing. So yeah, I I, I drilled down even a little bit um, in preparation for this too. I'll just I'll share a couple stats with you guys and and um, and see what you think. So you know, um, feels like an eternity ago now, but looking at quarter two, which we just wrapped up in 2023. If we look at quarter two in 2019, and looking specifically, it, you know, one of the cool things about our MLS is that we can narrow down to different pockets of, of the area. So if mm-hmm. we look at Ann Arbor's west side, which again, that's where a lot of my clients and a lot of our listeners um, either live or, or or want to want to be, there were 83 single family sales between 250 and 500K. So of those 83, 72% of them sold within 30 days. So you think that, hey, that's that's pretty good, 72%. And then within that, um, that sold within 30 days, they sold for 99.23% of their list price. So, all right, that tells you that pretty much bang on the list price. And then our dollar per square foot per, on average there, $265. Fast forward four years and any guesses to how many sales in quarter two, you know, studying that same thing. So we had, we had, we had, yeah, quite a few less, right? We had 83 in 2019. 2020, we had 96. So, and you can attribute that, I think, a lot to quarter one, no one was selling because we were in the middle of, of a pandemic. But 2023, we'll see if we can edit a drum roll in for the delay there later. Yeah. Uh, 35 sales yeah. under 500,000. So it tells you a couple different things there. And I think it tells you that prices have gone up. And within that 35, 34 sold within 30 days, yeah. 97%, 4.5% over list price on average. Dollar per square foot, 365. It's exactly $100 more per square foot on average. Uh, pretty amazing stuff right there. So if you have a buyer today that can afford 400, it's pretty tough to find a property, right? Um, it's amazing how that is uh, that we're in that situation right now because prices have gone up so much. Yeah. Yeah. One other anecdote that sort of, you know, sparked the research was um, I had a friend who sold his single family home in the Dickin neighborhood back in 2021, almost exactly two years ago. And uh, it's this one on 1700 Weldon. Thanks, Hirok, for giving me permission to share this information. So when when my friend sold, he put it on market um, at 389. It took 98 days to sell. And it sold for three seventy nine, so it sold for ten k under. And this is a three bedroom, you know, thousand square foot, two bath, um, you know, nicely appointed. And then fast forward two years, we don't know what it sold for yet. I know there were at least six offers, and all within five days. And it was listed at four hundred uh, flat. And I toured it both times. You know, virtually no updates. I mean, it was it was a, a new color paint in the kitchen, and then some luxury vinyl plank flooring in the basement. Everything else was was identical. So, really, really tells you tells you a story. You know, there. Well, we're dealing with the simple economics of supply and demand right now, especially in that price point. No, yeah, hundred hundred percent. All right. Well, moving right along here. So, we're going to go to our listener mailbag. So, if you have any questions after listening today, where you say. Boy, next episode, really want you guys to tackle these things. You can email me at brent at bauma.com. And that's uh, brent at b-o-u-m-a.com. So 
Question number one coming from Connor Grant in Water Hill, recently engaged. Congratulations to, to Connor and Liz. Uh, Connor asked, what's the deal with the fencing along Huron River Drive, that proposal? I mean, from what I understand, they, uh, they, they want to fence a track. And as we all know, a lot of people use the track as a walking path to get from one part of town. Football Saturdays is a great way to cut through everything. Uh, apparently, we've had four uh, fatalities, right? And four yeah, other and several near misses. Near misses. And uh, so that is the railway's uh, way of dealing with that. However, I know there's an awful lot of uh, uh, people against this. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's just a liability. And we do have such enormous crowds, especially yes. on football Saturdays. That- yeah, yeah. This is an interesting case to me where, you know, MDOT, uh, the Michigan Department of Transportation, they conduct these studies in conjunction with with Amtrak. And I think they want to make things safer, you know, to your point. And I think where the pushback is coming from is, well, you know, we're, we're also in the, in, the, in the thick of the border-to-border development there, too. And so I know that's that's where a lot of that that pushback is is coming from. So you know I have mixed feelings on it personally. So I mean to to answer Karen's question, you know directly, it, it, the proposal really, from what I understand, it's both sides of that uh, Amtrak track. Mm-hmm. And again, the 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 thought there is as high speed you know rail is becoming more and more popular, and that's something that uh, the Michigan Department of Transportation wants to encourage. Um, and uh, and really, you know, move move towards that. People getting from Ann Arbor to Detroit or toward, towards Chicago to go 75 miles per hour on that track, or even 110 in some areas, they need to take some precautions. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if the city of Ann Arbor, which, to my knowledge, too, you know, unanimously across city council, they are opposed to this. And uh, and then again, a lot of citizens are opposed to it as well. If they can come up with some compromise where some funding from the state is going to be directed towards. Um, mitigating some of that risk without taking away the views and, and, and some of the ecological consequences too. Cause I think, uh, you know, from what I heard, I was at a fundraiser for Huron pathways initiative and that was a big, you know, sort of cocktail chatter item there where a lot of folks are saying, man, no one, no one wants this. And again, four fatalities, we don't want to disregard that, but um, there's gotta be a different way. So interesting to see if they maybe come up with an, like an underpass, like a tunnel similar to what they built in Carytown. I know there's there's plans for that too over by Barton Nature Area connecting that um, into Bandemir Park um, as well. So, but yeah, I mean, I, the, if for anyone listening, you know, the the best thing you can do if you're if you if you if you're not a fan of this, and I know Connor is not, but um, you know, just be safe. So, if you're a cyclist, if you're a runner, if you're someone who walks, uh, maybe stay away from those tracks because, you know, we've we've kind of kind of put ourselves in this in this mess, so to speak, with some of these near misses that that I think that right. that Amtrak has cited. So but uh yeah, good a good question. Uh question number two from Ivy Way in Carytown. She asks, what's happening over at Briarwood Mall? I've heard some discussions about uh some redevelopment plans and um and also, you know, what what does mixed use mean? And um, you know, why are there so many of those types of developments coming down the the pike? So what do you guys what do you guys think about this? Well, what the city's trying to do is to create a series of high-density areas around town, like along Stadium. There's going to be up one all around Plymouth Road and also Briarwood Mall. And I think that it's all um, to start making mass transit more effective, right, because you'll have high-density areas. Um, uh, the mixed use is uh, basically we have retail on the first floor or second, first and second floor, and then you have a, you know, a residential above that to sort of create sort of a downtown type environment, I think, throughout the city. 
Um, the thing is, there's a high need for housing in the city, and we simply have to go up, right? Um, there's, no, there's not that much more land left in Ann Arbor. And so um, they're changing the zoning to these, these uh, high-density areas where you can have, I think, six, seven stories, mm-hmm. yep. um, which is, uh, if we want to have more housing in the city, that's what has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really um, interesting to see. You know, there's there's a saying in advertising where, you know, will the dogs eat the dog food or, you know, the dogs need the dog food. It's, I have a hard time conceptualizing personally where that Sears building is, where yeah. that's that's where this is you know meant to go. There's these 354 different apartments um, to mix use. And it's interesting from what I understand, too. It's like, you know, the, the group that owns Sears is different than the group that owns Von Mar or the other different anchors there within Briarwood. And so, um, yeah, it, it, if there's, you know, shopping mall and then these also, this, this mixed use development, uh, we'll see people flock there. But I think, I think, you know, to your guys' point with such a lack of housing available, um, one, one up I had from that too, um, you know, do you guys get the sense? And again, I, I could be off on this, but man, it just seems like with so much development coming down the pike in Ann Arbor, it seems like there's been a bit of a, a sea change in the last three to four years as far as city council's um, receptiveness to, to new development. Yeah. Um, do you feel like they're more open to these things now versus, say, five, ten years ago? Oh, definitely. I mean, look what's just gone up even around our office, right? All these high rises. Um, and look what's going up now. I mean, if what's the development, uh, 228 Packard or that yeah. city block? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a total of, I, I believe, 1,500 beds. Yep. Uh, plus all the dormitories that are going up, um, and yeah, and you got the whole riverfront. No, so there's an awful lot of development going on. So it's definitely the city has definitely changed course. I think in the last ten years. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like a lot of different um, segments that they're trying to serve. Whether it's trying to bridge that gap with the student housing, right. and I, I don't know. And again, this this could be just what I'm seeing anecdotally, but uh, man, it seems like when I have some parents that that approach our team because. You know they, they they trust us with with helping uh, helping find their kids a roof under their heads for even a lease. Some of these places that have been around for you know decades as these student rentals that are um, off Packard, they they're they're not in the greatest shape, frankly. And so I think I think that what they're what they're seeing here is there's an opportunity to um, have these high efficiencies to build up, uh, go these seven seven stories plus, and and make that more more approachable. Um, you know, Mary Jo, you're, you're kind of unique in that you have some experience in Ann Arbor for, you know, gosh, you've, you've been doing business here for, for quite a while. How many yes. years? Uh, actually four and a half. And then, but prior to that, um, you were in, uh, Wayne and Oakland County. Yeah. So how does this compare to what you were seeing in Wayne and Oakland? You know what? Ann Arbor has always held its value, um, through any kind of difficulty. It's so different versus Wayne and Oakland when, um, when the housing market hit, it really impacted their values. And I feel with the university and the hospital that we've always been more stable. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like too, the development seems to have that in mind, you know, and be centered around mm-hmm. the university, the hospital, right. et cetera. And then when you're meeting with your potential sellers, where are they going right now? A lot of them are taking jobs out of state. So a lot of the people that we work with are at the hospital or at the university and they're taking teaching positions, um, at other universities and going to other hospitals. Okay. So, so yeah, sort of again, centered around the university and, and the hospital, you know, to, to Martin's point too, that lifestyle uh, change. These are lifestyle changes, right? <laughs> and so uh, people that, yeah, they're retiring, going into assisted living, um, they're getting divorced, they're getting married, uh, you know, all those reasons. And of course, relocation. Those are very, there's not a lot of 
local. There's not a lot of local activity. People moving up or moving Correct. down. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, last question I have, and this is this is a broad one, but again, you know, similar to what we get asked all the time. I mean, what do you guys see happening in in Q4 and and going into Q1 of next year? I think Q4 is going to be very quiet. Uh, inventory is low. The rates have gone up, and people are sort of adjusting to that. And you know, this time of year generally is somewhat slow. I really do think the first quarter we're going to start ticking up around March, and I think the second and third quarters are going to be really good, based on the conversations we're having with sellers. Good, good. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Mary Jo, anything you want to add there? You know what? I agree. And we've been tracking uh, the trends since 2022 monthly uh, in Ann Arbor condos, Ann Arbor residential. And we saw that last year, Martin, uh, fourth quarter was really, really uh, slow. And then look at how it picked up for us. So I, f- I feel like it's going to be the same trend this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, on, on the buy side, I'm, I'm seeing a bit of that as well, where I think that some of the buyers that dealt with the madness that we experienced in March, April, May, I mean, even shoot, even through like June, July uh, this year, they'll be rewarded if they can, if they can stick things out and, and make something work. I I've had, I mean, the one thing I will say that I think was, is inevitable on the buy side is that I think some of the buyers who have been looking just, they may have to adjust their budget a little bit in terms of selling price to match what their monthly budget is with these interest rate hikes. But at the end of the day, I mean, a six and a half to seven percent interest rate um, is not all that different from a seven and a half to eight. Um, it, it may mean spending a little bit less in terms of what the selling price is, but um, invariably you'll have a little bit less competition. And again, I would for any buyers out there listening, I would maybe just be open to thinking outside the box in terms of of what you're looking for. So um, the 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 the, the where, where I'm seeing some opportunities out there. There's some really really nice condos out there that have reasonable HOAs that uh, when you compare them just in, in, in terms of what you're getting in terms of square feet, what you're getting in terms of, of finishes um, compared to some of the single family competition within Ann Arbor, it's, 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 it's very different. So, you know what, Brent, I think you touched on a really good point. I think we as agents have to make sure that we're educating our clients on what's going on in the market and what their expectations should be. And I think that's part of the process. And I think if you do that in the beginning, you're setting them up for success. Yep. Yep. Totally. I think one trend too, I want to, you know, we track every single month, what percentage of houses go over list price. Right. And so last or this year, uh, in May and June, we saw as much as 70% go over list price. The fourth quarter of last year, it was anywhere from 18 to 22% went over list price. So what that means for a buyer that there's going to be a lot less, um, competition and we even notice it now that, you know, when we get offers, we're not getting 10 offers. Yeah, right. We're getting maybe one or two. So this can actually be a good time for a buyer uh, to, to look at a house and be able to actually negotiate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we'll see continued stiff competition for those entry level, uh, yeah. which in an may mean three to 500, we'll call it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you're 100% right, Martin. I think that um, I'm, I'm even seeing it now. I, I won't call out any, any listings, uh, you know. But uh, there have been some that I think really are go, trying to go for the jugular on that initial weekend and then are quickly learning that, um, you know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that I think we may have seen sort of a, a, a fever breaking for, um, you know, some of those 600K and above that are like 13, 1400 square feet. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't add up for a lot of buyers. So, OK, excellent. Well, 
Um, thank you both so much for coming today and and uh, recording another episode of Highest and Best. I always feel a lot smarter after a 30-minute conversation with Mary Jo and Martin. So um, I'm, I'm lucky I get to have these same conversations a couple times a week and uh, and gain some knowledge. So, um, you know, stay tuned, listeners. We'll, we'll, we'll keep learning together and uh, navigating this, this crazy market. So enjoy Halloween. Be safe out there. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Brent. Thanks. Thank you. Calling all highest and best offers. Mm-hmm.